is Free Talk Live. 855-453. That's our toll-free number. 855-450-3733. This is, you are listening to, one of the very few open phones radio talk shows still around. Usually you call up a talk show They ask what you want to talk about, and they say, nope, we're talking about this. You can talk about this, but not that. Well, Free Talk Live is different. You choose a topic. You control the show. And keep it clean, because we are on a whole mess of real radio stations, and the FCC gets all crazy if uh, somebody drops an F-bomb or an S-bomb or any matter of bombs. They also get crazy if you use their uh, emergency alert tones without their permission. We can talk about that later if you want. Absolutely. That's pretty crazy. And the we we're referring to is myself, Chris. Hey, I'm Ian. And I'm nobody. We have had a interesting news cycle. So I did the show last night, which I usually don't do. Um, but you wake up to some headlines, and uh, it's just kind of like, wow, did did the world take its crazy pills last night or not? Um, and one of the stories that, that I had brought in for yesterday, I didn't get around to it, but then Ian brought it in too. So, oh, so we had the same one. Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. That's definitely a uh, – that's, that's an indicator that we should probably talk about this, and – and yeah, Ian, as Ian mentioned, man, there's certain things you can't say on the radio, and you can't make certain sounds like careful. I'm trying to get a fine. You know when the emergency broadcast uh, warnings come up, uh, they have that tone, and the FCC it's has a little more unpleasant than the one you did, though. Yeah, so I, I don't think they can find you over that. Oh, I'm sure I could make a highly unpleasant tone. Um, but the FCC felt that some people did it too well in the course of the day uh, and fined $600,000 in penalties for Whew. false emergency alerts. My God. On Thursday, the Federal Communications Commission reached a handful of settlements with media outlets. These people agreed that, well, we'll pay you this. Unbelievable. Following investigations into whether they misused the emergency alert system tone. My gosh, I bet I did. I did misuse it. I, I, I'm gonna, I didn't represent it as being the actual tone, but I went. <laughs> well, I don't think it was represented as being the actual tone. It at wasn't. least on the Walking Dead. I can comment on the Walking Dead. I have I I follow that particular program. Right. Um, I don't follow Jimmy Kimmel Live, so I don't know what the context. I don't know if the article gets into it either. But I don't know what skit it was used in there. I suspect it was a skit or something like that. But well, in the case of the Walking Dead, it's a fictional television program about so. a zombie invasion about a zombie outbreak right so i mean it so was really it was well, used. what makes that tone special is that does that tone trigger automated devices as near Are as there... i can tell it triggers zombies well as far as i can tell it <laughs> triggers the fcc it does. but i yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so I, I do know a little bit about this, um, having worked in the industry for a long time. They sure. have these boxes that sit in racks in studios 
Um, I think they're called the NDEC, E-N-D-E-C, if I recall correctly. Interesting. Um, it's, I'm sure it's an acronym for something. Right. Anyway, it monitors some frequency that uh, essentially the FCC uses kind of like a, a daisy chain situation, kind of like FidoNet from back in the day in, sure. in some ways, uh, for those that don't know. Anyway, uh, the idea is one radio station plays the tones and then it plays whatever the message is that follows the tones, whether it's this is just a test or there's an actual emergency emergency uh and then the sort of sister stations or you know substations or whatever you want to call them the stations that are monitoring that frequency their boxes pick that up and then they relay that on the air they basically break in over top of you know whatever's on the air doesn't matter doesn't matter what you're doing doesn't matter if your mic's open you're playing a song or whatever it just breaks over top of it and uh, and it plays that back and then so anybody that's monitoring your frequency for that will pick up from that and so on and so forth that's as i understand how that that system works so it playing on jimmy kimmel or on the walking dead maybe on jimmy kimmel because there you're talking about an abc television program broadcast stations yeah is probably being aired by mostly broadcast television stations whereas the walking dead is a cable network right uh program and by the way kimmel was hit with three hundred ninety five thousand dollar fine so the six hundred thousand number that you cited was the total right um and the walking dead was hit for a hundred and four thousand dollars so why the discrepancy maybe that's because kimmel's on abc you know, and and there are stations that may yeah. may get triggered by something like that, and then I'm uh, sorry. Every time you say they might yeah. get triggered by that, that just makes <laughs> it too politically correct. For In this me. case, literally yeah. uh, triggering a, a machine to take over the airwaves and play back whatever Kimmel's skit was. Maybe that actually could have occurred, but certainly could not have, as I understand it, with The Walking Dead. I don't. I've never. I mean, I'm not a big cable TV watcher. I don't have it. Right. And I haven't since I you know moved out of my parents' house. But uh, I've never seen an emergency alert test on a cable system. I, I'm I trying to think. On a cable channel or on the broadcast channels that you were watching over cable? Oh. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Ian. Right? I, I don't know. You don't see I it couldn't... on MTV. Right. You don't see it on... Well, you don't see music videos either. Well, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so I, I think that's what we're talking about here is I think it's ridiculous uh, that the FCC can find a fictional show... That doesn't even broadcast over the airwaves. It's a cable right. network program. American Movie Classics, I think, is what AMC stands yes. for. That is a cable network. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean the FCC doesn't regulate cable networks. So, I mean, I'm not ultimately too surprised that they can get away with this. Right. But the regulations aren't quite as stringent on cable. That's why the South Park, for instance, has been saying the S-bomb on the air for years and mm-hmm. you will not hear that likely on whatever shows are on broadcast, NYPD Blue, or, you know, that's the last mm-hmm. time I paid attention uh, to uh, to broadcast television. I actually, I think the S word has, um, has mainstreamed even more than that. I think they can play that South Park over airwaves. I'm not sure. I, I can't believe that mm. because uh, you'll still get fined on uh, broadcast radio for that. Okay, hmm. um, and so you will definitely get fined on broadcast television for that. Well, it's hmm. interesting though because I think it was NYPD Blue uh, that was the cop show that was on that sort of it, it made its name for itself by you know kind of pushing the boundaries it of did. what was allowed. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was some story about them saying 
something that had never been said on broadcast TV before. And I would love to be wrong. That was guy didn't fall. See, as I recall, that was the S word. And then the South Park episode that used the S word like 132 times or something was all about that episode of (laughs) NYPD blue. Interesting. And so it was kind of, kind of a, a parody and uh, I, I believe that overuse of the word uh, brought forth the demons of standards and practices. Gotcha. Uh, is what happened, which is what networks call the censors yes. is standards well, you, and practices. You can't call them censors. That sounds like they're, they're censoring people. But they are. Well, they're standardizing and practicing. Well, I don't on have them. I don't have the wording in front of me, but I think the standards are community. You know, sort of what would offend yeah. a given community. And it, you may be right here, uh, Rich. Looks like NYPD Blue did say the S word, at least according to a Reddit thread where people are talking about this. Uh, the The headline is "When did the S word stop being censored?" And then there's a lot of uh, chatter about this. They say that it was actually apparently South Park that was making fun of. That episode of NYPD Blue, that's what somebody claims here. Yeah, that, I claim that too. I think I would say that the S word stopped being censored about 10 years after the S word made it into everyday common speech. Like when mm. I was young, the S word wasn't used around your parents. That was a no-no. That was getting smacked uh, in the backseat of the car by your dad. Um, but eventually it, it sort of became more normalized. And people didn't care as much. 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. I'd love to hear from you. What do you think? Should we be allowed to say words? Or tones. Or tones. This is Free Talk Live. (laughs) This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. Free as in freedom. Free as in free talk live. 855-450-3733. That's the number you call if you want to be on the radio. You can also use Discord. Discord is a very cool app. You can download it on your laptop, your PC, your smartphone. Doesn't matter. Use your high-speed internet connection and your high-quality microphone, and you will sound like you are in the studio with us, the us in studios, myself, Chris. Hey, I'm Ian. And nobody. And we've been talking about these FCC fines. This comes to us from The Verge. On Thursday, the Federal Communications Commission reached a handful of settlements with media outlets following investigations into whether they misused The emergency alert tone. The agency found that ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live, AMC's The Walking Dead, Animal Planet's Lone Star Law, and Morello uh, Radio Holdings all misused the emergency alert system, EAS, tone, a sound that is blasted out of televisions and smartphones to warn people of emergencies like tornadoes, floods, and missing children. Uh, the company have uh, companies have agreed to pay a total of six hundred thousand dollars in civil penalties. I found it interesting that some shows paid more than others. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel apparently was the big one with three hundred ninety-five thousand dollars, according to Deadline.com, and then a hundred and four thousand for The Walking Dead. 
Uh, Lone Star Laws fined 68000 for last year's airing of an actual WEA signal that was caught on crew members' phones as they were filming. Now, and that is not intentional. It was not intentional. It's, it's you know, these are mistakes. grand, though. These are mistakes. You're going to have to intentionally sign that check unless you want to go ahead and fight the FCC in court. And that's going to cost you probably more more than 68 grand in attorney's fees. Well, and what radio station is or TV station is going to take on the FCC knowing that that is their livelihood? That's right. None of them. Yeah. Uh, now, this was not a radio station. It was Lone Star Law, which is, I guess, some kind of television show. Yeah, television show. Uh, I think they pursue. I think it's game wardens, basically, and. Texas. There, there were the um, this radio station group though that you mentioned. Morello Radio Holdings owns KDAY uh, AM and FM, and they were fined. And I think, I think that's Fargo. I, I, I haven't checked. Uh, was fined sixty seven thousand dollars for simulating an EAS attention signal in a promotion for its morning show. So the morning show host, the morning put, zoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell in to borrow Marlin for the Marlin to <laughs> wake up fast or whatever they call him. You know. uh, Jimmy the Jimmy the intern will be out in a cow suit. <laughs> the FCC has a rule against using the tone outside of actual emergencies to quote protect the integrity unquote of the system. That's why you can't have it on your morning zoo show. That way, listeners aren't confused. When there's an actual emergency that warrants the alert. Do you think the FCC could also fine you if, let's say, you took the emergency alert tone and put that as your ringtone on your phone? So every time your phone rings, it it's the emergency alert tone? We're going to find out right after the show. Um, <laughs> quote, we remain Well, we'd concerned. have to go to, like, FCC headquarters and all call each other. <laughs> exactly. Quote, we remain concerned about the misuse of the EAS codes and EAS and WEA mm. attention signals or simulations thereof to capture audiences' attention during advertisements, dramatic entertainment, or and educational programs, and at any other time that there is no genuine alert, unquote, the Agency Enforcements Bureau uh, said in a statement, the FCC may issue sanctions for mm. such violations including, but not limited to, monetary forfeitures. I think that, you know, this is, this whole idea of the FCC can just issue a sanction to you, I don't think that necessarily means you have an obligation to pay them, right? Like, just like anybody can send you a bill and say, hey, you owe me for this, well, you can come back and say, and I think Jay kind of touched on some of this last night, you have the right to come back to somebody who sends you a bill and says, well, I'd like to see the contract, please. You're saying I owe you this money. Right. I'm sorry. I honestly, I mean, if I if I said I was going to pay you for something you did, then I, I definitely want to do that. But I got to see proof that we have some kind of an agreement because I mm-hmm. don't remember you telling me you were going to paint my driveway. Right. See, I think a licensed radio show or a, a licensed radio station, I think they're going to be able to find that uh, yes, the that station, signed yes. contract. The station, yes. I agree with you there. Because right. the station has asked permission to exist. But the producers of The Walking Dead, yeah. as I understand it, they don't have to go. It's a private you know, cable television produced program. They didn't have to go to the FCC and get some sort of a permit to no. shoot their 
essentially mm. series of movies. I, I'd right? wager that that was the reason they chose to be on AMC and not be on right. CBS or because NBC. you can show more, you know, violence and sure. gore, and you can curse more easily without fear. We can get more into the cursing aspect of things because we did touch on that on the last uh, the last segment because I, I I did pull a little bit of history up as far as you know what's the status of the S word on television and that sort of thing. But uh, I don't think if the Walking Dead people didn't want to just be good corporate citizens right if they wanted to say uh yeah we're not going to pay this and what be- would the fcc do to them right and before uh, somebody calls up and, and that what they're saying in the article is an oversimplification and they probably i'm guessing that whoever they actually issue a demand for payment to is probably like the network or the station, somebody yeah. they license. Right. It's the network. So then it would be up to the network then to to figure out the bookkeeping on, you know, how, if or how the, the Walking Dead people FCC, I can't pay. imagine right. they have an, a license. I don't think there is such a thing. CNN doesn't have to have a license right. to have a cable channel. And before somebody, and I know this is going to happen in one of our chat rooms, wow, you guys really talk a big line picking on the FCC and... You know, why don't you just play the tone? Why don't you no, just do I, that? I would never do something. Well, like the problem that. is, is that if we play it puts the our tone, stations on the line. Yeah, and those are stations we have great relationships with, and right. we don't want to put them in financial jeopardy because yeah, we decided you, to prove a point. If you call so that's and play why we're the tone, not doing it. We'll hit the dump button on it. Yeah, we will. Yeah, it's uh, it's just how it is, and and I, I personally think this is pretty silly. Um. You know, the, the emergency EAS, they call it now, the emergency broadcast system is what it was when I was growing up. You know, that was something we sort of joked about. And I got to think that I had heard that in idea. movies. It's not. I I get it. And I don't I get it that, you know, somebody could be tricked. Um, but I don't think, you know, the world is so full of pranksters with radio stations that they're you know, going to do this for ratings. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, if if the emergency alert tones come up, I can't imagine. I mean, there must be somebody out there whose heart starts racing every time they hear them. But True. I don't think most people respond to them that way. I think most people are like, oh, God, now what? Hey, you know? Walking Dead's on. Uh, you know? I'm generally paralyzed by not caring very much. <laughs> yeah, because half the time it's just a test. Right? Yeah. So the old uh, boy who cried wolf. That's exactly it. Is, is the emergency broadcast system, is that the boy that cried wolf? Or does it? Do you listen when it plays? Mm. That's a question. Or do you tune out? Yeah. Do you zone out? 855-450-FREE. That's our number. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. Also, hit us up on Discord. You can find out more at discord.freetalklive.com. We're talking about 
The Walking Dead, and Jimmy Kimmel Live, and Lone Star Law. Normally, we don't talk about pop culture. Yeah, we don't. But these guys guys got fined by the FCC because they played or had playing in the background or accidentally recorded or used it as part of a a gag. They played the emergency uh, EAS. What's that stand for? Emergency alert system. Emergency alert. See, to me, it'll it'll always, for those of you, you know, who are older than dirt, you'll remember it as the emergency broadcast system. Uh Apparently, the government periodically has to rename things. And Keep you on your toes. Spend uh, and waste taxpayer money renaming something. Well, they just got a whole bunch of it back. Yeah, they got uh, they uh, blue because they got over six hundred thousand dollars from these four different media entities. I will wager that the government spent more than six hundred thousand dollars in renaming the emergency broadcast system Probably. to the emergency alert system. That's you, there are no. Uh, there's no scale when it comes to government spending that that they will not do. Uh, I think as far as the system is concerned, though, I think their fines, while as silly as they may be, ABC Broadcast and the radio station group that they hit with fines both asked for a license. So they are agreeing to be regulated by the FCC. Therefore, I'm not, you know as upset about those fines because hey you guys asked for it right uh secondly uh, of course i'd love to see the fcc just you know disappear tomorrow i'd rather they not exist at all but the walking dead and that other law show those sound like cable television i know the walking dead's cable television i don't know about this other show but the walking dead certainly does not deserve this fine that's a fictional program airing on a cable network and i think it's about zombies Uh, Just as a reminder, I'm sorry if that was a spoiler, but The Walking Dead is about zombies. Um, And I and I guess the FCC's concern is somebody, you know, maybe going about their day and they hear an emergency alert uh, symbol. They look at their TV and there's all these damn zombies going crazy. (laughs) What would one think? Uh, we're under zombie attack. I told you, Ethel. I told you they were going to do this. Um, Well, it does make me wonder who complained about this right somebody must have liked unless it was an fcc commissioner or some fcc bureaucrat watching the show right and they're like i want to go after these guys or it was somebody who actually sent a complaint yeah uh the point being that animal planet and um the walking dead are not broadcast Mm -hmm. on regular television now i guess one could Possibly it was through the use of the cable systems, and maybe a cable television system is seen as a. They are licensed. There's some uh, amount of le, le, of uh, regulation of the cable television world, but it's not as much right. as broadcast television. So it's it's shocking uh, from that aspect. But you know, we did touch earlier on the question of uh, profanity. If you want to get into that, we can. But I think we got somebody on the line. We will. But we're going to go to my dog Rex in Florida first. My dog Rex, what's on your mind? This is Free Talk Live. Hey guys, thanks for letting me in. Hey, what's on I your was mind? I was I was thinking that with the emergency tone, if a libertarian candidate was on stage with the Republican and Democrat strikers. And they had the tone ready whenever the other two opened their mouth. And they hit that tone, emergency alert, emergency alert, <laughs> liar and a thief, POS, you know, piece of uh, doggy S- dung. Stuff. Dung. 
instead of saying, you know, the S word. You're saying that the libertarian candidate should play the audio on stage to try to trigger uh, television stations to cut away to an emergency alert? Well, the emergency alert would be the lies coming out of the Republican and Democrats. That's cute. Well, interestingly enough, there are um, certain things encoded in the EAS, and somebody has taken the time to decode these and put them on the Internet. (laughs) So we're definitely not going to play them. But, for example, you can play an emergency alert tone that will tell the equipment on the other line that there is a radiological hazard warning. Mm. Now, here's the one I want to use. It's called a law enforcement warning. Um, yeah, warning, there's law the enforcement. Lookout. Right, be on the lookout for law enforcement. Um, you can, you, it will be programmed, it can be programmed to indicate tropical storm watches, to tsunami warnings, all kinds of different stuff. Of course, no one's saying that happened as a result of The Walking Dead actually playing these tones. Right. There's no one saying that anything happened as a result of those, those tones being played. And that's, that's an important point. It, your, your system did not work as... As described, as as did not do a cut. Uh, well, we don't really have. Well, there is no system hooked up to AMC. There's right. nobody monitoring that for EAS tones, so but there was did, no system there. Right, so it couldn't. The, the, They're just mad because somebody played their tones. It's exactly. the same thing about. It's the same thing that government bureaucracies will do if you use their logo. So they basically mm. copyright their logo, as I understand it. Um, and if you were to let's say take the city of Keene logo and issue a city of Keene press release, you know that said whatever we're going to tear up your street today or something like that, uh, then the city of Keene could bring you to court for that, and mm. they'd probably win. Right. It's craziness. Um, I, I just like the idea of harassing the system. <laughs> so do we. That emergency tone when 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 the uh, ruling parties open their mouth thank you for the call tonight i appreciate it man thanks appreciate it rex yeah it would be interesting to play that if uh news cameras were rolling and see what happens to them when that's mean that's a mean thing to do (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're gonna stay with the phone lines and we've got star child calling from san francisco star child you're on free talk live hey you guys how's it going hey what's on your mind it's good well, I was just listening to uh, another show, Freedom Phoenix, uh, that you guys are probably familiar with, uh, Declared Independence. Yeah, with Ernie Hancock. Hancock. A few days ago. Yeah, 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 Ernie's a good friend. And he had, he had uh, Vincent Prinderwitz, a longtime libertarian columnist, and Davi Barker, a libertarian activist, on uh, talking about immigration. And uh, <laughs> I got a little frustrated because uh, Davi, who was arguing basically the libertarian position on it, was... Uh, He's very diplomatic and polite, but he wasn't really making the case for, for open borders uh, that I think needs to be made. And there's ah. some arguments that I'd like to make that uh, I don't think usually get made so much. Um, yeah, let's hear them. You know, uh, one of them is that uh, the uh, Constitution does not give the federal government any authority to regulate immigration. That's true. Uh, o- only naturalization. Right. And, and what's so the difference? Federal... Can you explain that for our listeners? Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, immigration is, uh, you know, the, the, someone coming into the country, mm-hmm. you know, into one of the states. Physically uh, from somewhere moving else. from. Yeah, physically yeah. moving, right. Uh, naturalization is just a, a paperwork process of becoming a U.S. citizen. Correct. That's and the Ellis Island. Citizenship, yeah. 
citizenship is in the Constitution, uh, but I don't support it. I think ultimately citizenship is just another big government program. Well, it's a sham. I mean, it's not even uh, it's not even a program because I I don't know if Jay touched on this last night as well, but I'm definitely going to jump in here because citizenship doesn't really exist. Um, if you look at the definition of citizen, it's somebody who owes everything okay there. Yeah, Got a lot of noise on the line. some background. Noise. Uh, sorry, I'm outdoors. It's a little windy. Okay. Oh, it's okay. Uh, you can put them on hold if it gets bad, but it's okay right now. Anyway, uh, the idea is a citizen is somebody who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. You, I mean, you can look it up in any, not just legal dictionary, but in, in you know, dictionary.com or whatever dictionary you want to. It's pretty standard uh, definition. Oh, yeah. So because, I, I agree with you. Sure. I just want to finish the, 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 the government has, uh, the U.S. government, you know, does have programs around, you know, issuing documents, recognizing people as citizens, revoking citizenship, oh, yeah. all this kind of thing. Yeah, that's why I say it's a sham, though, because they don't have an obligation sure. to protect you. And if you want to put them on hold, we can, uh, we can continue yeah. here with, we'll with these points hold. on uh, open borders, because I want to hear the you know the different arguments about that. There are a lot of arguments uh, on both sides of this. The the more vocal side seems to be the closed borders. We've got to keep them out or send them back where they came from. What do you think about our immigration system? Eight fifty five four fifty three. This is free talk. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. That's how you can get on the air, like the callers we have in queue already. We've got Starchild in San Francisco. He wanted to talk about immigration, and we're going to continue that in just a moment. But first, I wanted to tell you about the Edge Wallet. It's a cryptocurrency wallet. What do you hold digital cash in? You hold paper cash in a regular wallet. You hold digital cash in a digital wallet. The Edge wallet is available for iOS and Android devices. So whether you have an iPhone or Samsung, it doesn't matter. You can use it to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies. It's user-controlled. You own your money when it is in the Edge wallet. That's important to note. Support for Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, many, many more. It's built by a veteran team. They've been building apps since 2014. Their tagline is securing your freedom, and that's what cryptocurrency does, allows you to take control of your money. Don't trust, verify. You can find out more at edge.app. That's edge.app. Talk somebody through installing the Edge Wallet again today. It's almost a daily occurrence. Somebody comes into Bitcoin Embassy, New Hampshire, or into Route 101 Local Goods. They've never used cryptocurrency, and they need to understand how to get started. The first thing you need is a wallet. Um, But after that, Edge just makes it nice and simple. I like it. Me too. We've been... uh, Just used it tonight. Yeah. We're going to go back to Star Child. We're having a conversation about immigration and citizenship and what does citizenship actually mean. Star Child, you still with us? I am. Excellent. And I actually misspoke. It was, it, it, I don't actually want to talk about immigration. I want to talk about freedom of movement. Mm, okay. And the reason I use that term is because people, at least in this country, when they talk about it, they tend to talk about it from the perspective 
of people living in the United States. And that is part of the problem. They talk about it through a nationalist framework, and it leads them to anti-libertarian conclusions because they're not looking at it from the perspective of people trying to move somewhere, and they're not looking at it from a neutral perspective. They're looking at it like, well, what are you going to need effects on people who are already in this country? Yeah, so to me, I understand the libertarian position. I understand the status position on quote-unquote, immigration, people coming to this country. Um, borders yeah, are a... Just, uh, sorry, go ahead. That's all right. Uh, borders are a function of a state. You know, that is one of the defining characteristics, and I will argue that we shouldn't have a state um, all day long, but a border yeah. is part of that. It is a defined piece of property. Because they have territory because they're a criminal gang. Right. And they're going to say that, hey, if you're going to come on our turf, uh, we want you to come here by uh, invitation so we can tax you. Yeah. Well, you know, well, if you're going to have a state, then there's going to be a place, uh, some imaginary line where it begins and ends. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to shoot people across that imaginary line or throw them in prison you can have the line um i mean that's right when and were the first the countries, immig- go ahead go ahead i, I was gonna say most of the the united states is uh full of borders i mean i live in san francisco there's a, a border between san francisco and daly city uh it never causes any problems you can cross it without even realizing it mm-hmm. you're you're no more likely to get detained or, or questioned or held up there by government agents than anywhere else and most of the borders in the country are like that and they work fine the only place where the borders are causing problems are you know at the edges of the country where government suddenly decides uh you know they're going to assume a whole bunch more powers to stop and detain people without any individual probable cause of that person having committed any crime or if Simply you're within 100 on miles land of should one not of those be a borders. Uh, yeah yeah or right uh you know they claim these zones where the constitution is is suspended within 100 miles of any external border of the United States um but really, people shouldn't think of this issue just in terms of the United States, because like I said, that's part of what leads them astray. It's an issue of freedom of movement all over the world. And really, from the libertarian perspective, you know, it's not people outside of any given jurisdiction that are the main threat. You know, it's not the main threat to people living in the United States is not the Russian uh, regime or the Chinese regime or the North Korean regime or anybody else. It's the U.S. government. Right. And that's and, true for most people living in most countries is the main threat to their freedom and prosperity and well-being is the government or regime that claims direct jurisdiction over them. Bravo. So the people of the yeah. world need to practice more solidarity with each other and stop seeing each other as the enemy and buying into this nationalism that governments use to divide and control people and recognize we all have a common cause no matter where we live in the world in asserting our freedom sure. and standing up together against the governments of the world that want to restrict that freedom and control and extort money from us. Starchild, thanks for the so call. So well said. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, I hate all governments, but the U.S. government's the only one the, is the only one that's directly torqued my nuts. Right. <laughs> now, I suppose we can say that because you're referring to a, a nut that goes on the end of a screw. Yeah, yeah. They, over- right. t- they over-tightened my, uh, my lug nuts. <laughs> Uh, but that's the thing. Um, what I wish more people would look at, I wish more people would understand, are the economics of immigration. 
this is a net win for us as a country. Uh, there are whole industries, and particularly the farming industry, that absolutely could not exist in their current form without finding people willing to pick lettuce in the hot sun yeah all day long and you can look at the service industry um i'll pull up some statistics on that we're going to go to larry in indianapolis larry you're on free talk live what's on your mind hey i think we should abolish all borders yes and especially the one between haiti and african countries so that they could come here uh the colored people to work will come here you will get a lot different opinions from even your guests that call in if they would allow the Haitians to come in and uh, all the Somalians that are in refugee camps, just send a big uh, That'd be great. there. I've actually heard that there's right a in. lot of Somalians living in Manchester that, uh, and also yeah, in Portland. Yeah, they need to more of them, man. Mm-hmm. We need to get as many of those people as we can find. Although I will add this to, to what you said. Larry, I think that uh, it's definitely true that, you know, borders that are national need to be opened. Uh, But I do think that a private property owner, I think that a private property owner can have borders on their property. And I think, no, I don't think that that private property should not exist within the United States. I mean, I think that everybody should be uh, privy to your property. Or anything they want. So on I should property. just be able to. Well, walk that's kind of how it works when there's immigration laws, because as no, soon as you pass hey. an immigration law, the government starts telling me who can be right. on my property, and that's so right. that is kind of an abolishment orders. of private property. You said abolish, abolish all owners. No, so wait, are that's you saying right. that I should just be able to walk into your bedroom any old time I want to? That's right. That's right. That's a little Anytime weird. I don't think in, most people are going to come f- in and do anything you want to do. I don't think most people. That's not what I call about. <laughs> That's not what I call about. Yeah, but you Here's you opened up a pretty about. big can of worms there, Larry. Okay, I, I just you know you want to you want to call but, in on a libertarian talk show and talk about abolishing uh, property. You're going to have some they opposition. Need to abolish everything. I don't believe but you. I don't, I don't no, believe you that you're going to let anybody just walk into your room any old time they feel like it. And that you're going to welcome well, the homeless them to do people that. need a place to stay and need a place to eat. They need to abolish all private property whatsoever. But anyway, I didn't call about. See, I'm that. more of a lock guy. I I love the idea of private property. Uh, it's just like that it. the property that isn't being used, I think, should be available for homesteading. Yeah, I think that's fair. Good, like all of Montana and Wyoming. Sure, all those places. Hey, we should let everybody from around the world who wants to come here come here and set up stakes and give them 5000 a month for uh, well, 10 years. Well, see, now that's where you're going to... See, I'm not down gotta, with the welfare thing. Now you got to take my private yeah. property to pay them. Yeah. See, I was with you right well, up until the point where you said... Hello. Yeah. I was with you right up until the point where you said pay him $5,000 a month. If I think I agree with uh, with nobody that they should be able to settle and they should be able to homestead and that all that federal land ought to be turned over to whoever wants to sit on it and take to care of it. the immigrants that come here, they deserve it. Hey, look, I didn't call well, I mean, I don't think homesteading should be limited to immigrants. Well, I think uh, people who, who are born here have, have certainly an equal right to homestead. No, they don't have any rights whatsoever. You might want to read uh, John Locke's Second Treatise of Government, uh, Chapter 5. He, he does a good overview of property rights and land and why they're, why they're vital to progress. All it belongs to government. Here, here's what I call about, Ray. Oh, now you're going to get to what you called about. about. Well, hold on. Larry, okay, I'm going to have to hold you over. I'll wait around. I'll hold on. Around. We'll take you after the news. I only do that because I find it kind of compelling. He really called about devil worship. And, oh, I really, I really want to hear that. Yeah. 855-450-FREE. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you want to hear about Devil I love War, this guy. stick around. This is Free Talk Live. Hello, everyone. This is Courtney Shrem, and I want to invite you to join my husband and I, Charlie Shrem, on his new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today. And you'll hear it from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join Charlie and his guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as they explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, hour number two. We do three hours of live radio every day. And we are very happy that you could join us. The us in studio tonight is myself, Chris. Hey, I'm Ian. And nobody. And if you would like to take part in the show, you can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's free as in Free Talk Live, free as in Freedom, 855-450-3733. You can get on the air. You can also use our Discord call-in rooms. You can download the Discord app through your app store or go to discord.com. Man, I always forget what the URL is. Anyway, find Discord, load the app on your laptop, on your computer, on your phone, It's and it's on all platforms. Load it up, use your high-speed internet connection and your quality microphone. You'll sound like you are right here in the studio with us. But first, I do want to tell you about My Magic Mud. My Magic Mud is black tooth powder. That is not what you use. It's not powder for your black tooth. It is literally black. It is made of charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay. The cool thing is this stuff is clinically proven to whiten your teeth. It is available at most health food stores, Sprouts, CVS, Natural Grocers, and Walmart in the natural beauty aisle. Uh, A number of hosts here on the show are using this stuff, and they swear by it. Receive 20% off with code FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. That's 20% off with coupon code FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. We've been talking to Larry. Larry had some thoughts on immigration property rights, but that missed what he really called called in about, and he wanted to call in about Devil worshippers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm laughing right with you, right, boy? So tell hey, me, listen. So tell me now, what's going on. Everybody in that, everybody in that studio has an iPhone or a smartphone, right? Yeah, I got a smartphone. Why? Okay, I'm bringing on down to the point now. Would you worship the devil to keep your iPhone or smartphone? God no. You will worship the Wait, devil. What? You and then interchange the devil with government. I have seen so many oh. people. I was at a AT and T store the other day, 
you know, I, I've tried the iPhone, but uh, I can't get along with it, so I end up sacrificing it. But <laughs> to the you devil? just take a look at people and how they love these instruments and how they've taken them to heart. Right. If I was in an AT&T store, right? The doors closed at 5 o'clock. People were there crying like a baby to get in there and get their iPhone turned back on. If you I can't go all night without, you, without it. You, you laugh, but you know it's true. I, I don't doubt it. Them, I believe you. We will get your phone turned back on and clean your account up if you come and worship the devil. The only thing they would want to know is what mode they would have to go into <laughs> and what dance they would have to do to worship the devil to keep their iPhone, they would not think of the future implications of that, but oh, they no. will go ahead and do it. The average person in the millennium, there's a shoe aim with them because I got a truck, right? And there's right. a glass rack on it. On the back of that rack, it says, would you worship the devil to keep your iPhone? I'm getting so many thumbs up out of that, even out of the old people. The devil have won already. The do you think the devil actually exists? If he exists, the go- you got to say the government is the devil. If the government tell you, you bow down on your knees and worship us and let us do anything you want to do to us to keep your iPhone, you're going to sign the contract. I don't even have an iPhone, bro. And well, whatever you got. He's talking about smartphones in general. It sounds like you're you're likening uh, the addiction that people have (laughs) to their smartphone or smart device to a worship for the devil. Is that what you're saying? That's where I'm going right there. Like the mark of the beast. You certainly take the mark of the beast, right? What are you talking about? What do you mean? (laughs) He's he's trying to gauge our uh, our belief. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm mover number 666 for the Free State <laughs> Project. So, yeah, I could get a 666 tattoo. Sure, you do it on your forehead. <laughs> but the thing about it is, not a good spot. People, people act like they want their privacy so much, and they don't want big government. The government can at any time cut your iPhone off and come to you secretly and say, sign this, and you'll do it to get your iPhone turned back on. Everybody's out there I don't know about out. that. Yeah, well, I not I, but you. a lot of people would. Yeah, that's probably You're right. 90%, 95%. Yeah, probably 95%. But the, 90%, yeah, sure. but the thing about it is, is that we have allowed this to happen to us, and we are buying into it voluntarily, and sometimes people are watching porn, they get all kind of contractual agreements, Flashed in their porn session that they okay to to keep the porn moving. So uh, <laughs> they have figured us out. Whoever's running the internet and they know that they have pictures of us watching porn, doing whatever we do. That yeah, they, they keep emailing me about us. that. <laughs> I don't know no, about you. I'm not trying to know, but we know it's true. So I think the game is over, really, right now. By the way, whenever they email you about that, it's generally not true. It's just a, it's I'm just sorry. an email designed hey. to oh, fish yeah. for information about. I'm it. Sorry, I get boys, those emails, I get... and I don't even have a camera on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for the know, call, Larry. Appreciate it. it. Thanks, I can, I can appreciate um, where he's coming from. Yeah, it it is, mm-hmm. and there has been a a bit of a deification of technology. I would say mm-hmm. that's happened over the last few decades. Um, but but with smartphones, it has become that, and you can find videos on 
on the internet of people, you know, breaking down, going into hysterics because they've lost access or they can't get on Instagram or something like that. And I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things that just should be a wake up call for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a convenience to me. There's there's a lot of people out there with really screwy value structures, but you know, I I have it doesn't bother me a bit if I, if my phone's off for a couple of days. Sometimes I'll turn it off for a couple of days. Yeah. And uh, I think what he was saying is that would make you unusual compared to many of the population who would be freaking mm. out if they didn't have their phone on or right next to them or. Right. Now, I I use my phone for business, too. So it's more than just a toy. Um, But I have left the shop and got, you know, five, ten minutes away, realized I don't have my phone. And I've turned around and gone back to work to get my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's. And I I won't say that, you know, I couldn't have waited another half hour after hours uh, because of business. Sometimes it is. It just becomes a bit of a security blanket. You know, you you don't feel right if you don't have it with you. And I think that's kind of dangerous. But I think a lot of people have, they don't even think about that as unusual. Um, The the newer generations, they're just assuming that that's the way it was. Keep, Keep in mind... I mean, when we were children, I think all three of us, there were no mobile phones. There in was, the 80s, I was a kid, and so there would have been early, very, very large mobile phones back then for yeah. very wealthy people. I was born yeah. in 68, so there were mobile, mobile phones, phones but of nobody. sorts, but, but who could they were them? like bag... Well, they were military in in those days. Well, and there were commercial. And of course, uh, there were, you know, Maxwell Smart's shoe phone. Exactly. <laughs> Can't forget that one. I remember crying because Maxwell Smart was, uh, it was canceled that night because Nixon was speaking not oh, to date myself, bummer. but man, I threw a fit. Um, well, but we had mobile phones and mobile phones. Kids, the the show's er- called Get Smart, right? Yes. Wasn't that the name of it? Yeah, oh, that's right. Yep. Um, Don Adams, brilliant show. Yeah. I loved it. The same guy who was uh, Inspector Gadget, if I recall correctly, who a lot of kids in the 80s and 90s will remember that show. It was, a, it was sort of a cartoon uh, version almost. Was he in that? Or did Voices for it? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if he was actually in it, but I think that a lot of the characterization in Inspector Gadget was right, parody of myself. Um, was parody of Get Smart. The first cell phone. I don't know if it was the same actor. I'm curious. Yeah, Don if, Adams played uh, Maxwell I'll find Smart. Out for you. Tell us your earliest cell phone memories. It's a walk down memory lane. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. That's the number you call if you want to get on the air and bring up what you want. This show, it's it's all over the place every single night because callers get to set 
the topic, and yeah, that's unusual. Open we, borders and uh, Don Adams. I mean, we've been all over the place here, <laughs> and and cell phones and devil worship. It was. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just been an, and always. If you get a call from Larry in Indianapolis, you know it's going to be an interesting call. Yeah, I agree. Uh, almost always. I want to thank a couple people. I want to thank Doug and Ron Pepper. Who are Doug and Ron Pepper? They I are. don't think you mean like Doug and Ron are brothers. Doug's a separate, like, I don't think they're related. Right? I know. That's okay, why I tried to, to insert a pause, yeah. but evidently it was ineffective, my pause. Doug, comma, and Ron Pepper, they're both amplifiers of Free Talk Live. What's an amplifier? An amplifier is a member of our amplifier program. Those are people that have pledged to give five bucks or up. Uh, to Free Talk Live on a monthly basis. And we recognize their contributions. We thank you. Ron Pepper, he's a gold amplifier. That means he has pledged to give 10 bucks a month. Thanks, Ron. And Doug is a platinum amplifier. Thank you, Doug. So he has pledged to give $15 or more per month. And uh, that's 25 actually or more. Oh, 25. I'm sorry. Um, but that's really appreciated. What we use that money for is to go out and find more radio stations to be on. We want to spread the message of liberty, and that's the best way to do it. You can find out more uh, at amp.freetalklive.com. And I got some good news for you guys. Now, I think I'm going to trigger a mass emigration uh, from the United States for millions of Americans at least those who were alive in the 70s and 80s, uh, a Mexican court has ruled to allow recreational cocaine use. All right. Hey. And I got to say, this comes to us from digitaljournal.com. This is a completely misleading headline. Unfortunately, a Mexican judge has granted two people, has granted two people, Two people's request to be allowed to use cocaine recreationally, the organization behind the case said Tuesday, calling it, quote, a historic step, unquote, though it must first be reviewed by a higher court. Okay. So, again, shame well, I mean, on the you. The two people are, are the people who are involved in the case. If it is reviewed by the higher court and upheld, then presumably that would apply to more than two people, would it not? I mean, what's the nature of what's the nature of the case? Well, let's, what let's, was alleged? Was it civil? Was it criminal? What happened? We'll get into it. The rulings, the first of their kind in Mexico, would allow the two petitioners to possess, transport, and use cocaine, but not to sell it, according to Mexican United Against Crime, an organization devoted to ending Latin American the Latin American countries quote, war on drugs, unquote. The Mexican city court ordered the national health regular, COFPRIS, C-O-F-E-P-R-I-S, to authorize the petitioner's cocaine use in personal recreational doses, the organization said. However, a COFPRIS official told AFP the regulator has moved to block the court order, which was delivered in May, arguing that issuing such authorization would be outside of its legal uh, remit. The case must now be reviewed by a panel of judges. Uh, the ruling will only take effect if they side with the original decision and would only apply oh. to the two people who brought the case 
Never whose mind. names were not disclosed. I guess the Mexican court system works a little differently than uh, than the U.S. system. You know, normally that that something like this in the U.S. would set some level of precedent. Um. Well, uh, I mean, it's I don't know what situation gives these uh, this particular pair of people. I don't know this either. privilege. So you'd have to know that to know how widespread it was or whether or not it. It could, could be, could be. What was the cause of action? What was the case brought for? Rich, to find that out, you would probably need to speak Spanish and do a lot more digging than hmm. digitaljournal.com did when they hmm. came up with this headline that said Mexican court rules to allow recreational cocaine use. Well, technically accurate, it doesn't really, uh, it, it does not do what you think it does. Um, that's just that's but, too bad. It is, but at least it is a court case making its way through Mexico, and I think um, any moderation of drug laws in Mexico would begin a process of hopefully um, taking some of the money, some of the profits away from the cartels, the ones doing all the violence against Mexican citizens. And by extension, um, you know, a lot of violence in the United States through drug trafficking, too. I'd love to see those guys go out of business. It's the only way that they can take the wind out of the sails of the gangs. Yeah. And how they fail to see that just, or I don't know, do they fail to see that? Or not or, it, or are they just lying to us about their intentions? I guess Probably mostly the, the latter. I believe it's. Uh, I believe they're lying to themselves, and maybe they believe their lies now. But but millions of American believes this lie too. That if something is illegal, people will stop doing it. If we make the punishments at a certain level, then uh, they won't even mind if we infringe on their rights. Uh, they'll be okay with that because we're doing God's work by stopping demon drugs from entering the United States. No, you're not. You can't even keep them out of your own prisons. Nope. Um, it's it, true. It's insane. And uh, the the real human cost when you look at the war on drugs is a lot more than what you see that budget line is. It's people who die uh, at the hands of cartels fighting uh, the bulk of the sh if you want to talk people about people who die at the hands of police as well because you know they're protecting the biggest cartel out there which is big pharma okay and the enforcers for big pharma the people who enforce their monopoly is the dea the fbi the nsa the cia the entire government they're the thugs they're the enforcers for the big pharma cartel. And you will, uh, many of you will fall on the side of being, you know, we've got to stop this. We've got to stop uh, the flow of drugs, and this is not how you do it. If you want to stop drugs from flowing, uh, let the marketplace dry up on its own. Uh, look at, I, I've been reading up more about Switzerland's program on heroin the Swiss government that decided the only role they have in the war on drugs when it comes to opiates is they need to provide it for addicts. Uh, and if if there are addicts in Switzerland, they are getting their, their heroin. They're getting it from the government. They can just go right down and they'll have a safe place. They will get a measured amount of something that they know what it is, unlike in the United States where we demonize these people 
and spend billions of dollars trying to fight a war that cannot be won. 855 free. What do you think about a Mexican court saying, you two people, you can do, you can snort coke. Congratulations. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live. You love Bitcoin. It's the future, right? Well, no, not if everyone stops using it. I mean, think about it. How many places in your town take Bitcoin? One? None? Let's be real. If this Bitcoin thing is ever going to happen, it's going to need your help. The good news is the guys at AnyPay have your back. We built a website called HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com, and it's a place you can send any business. And they'll be set up to take Bitcoin in five minutes. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. That's free as in freedom, 855-450-3733. That's our toll-free number. That's a number you can call in and get on the radio and talk about the topic you like on a radio program that allows you, the caller, to be in control. But first, I want to tell you about local.bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com that allows you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like payment, uh, like payment, like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposits, remittances, or just meet in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. That's local.bitcoin.com. Yeah, I just uh, this week finished going through the higher tiers of verification for their uh, for the other site, the one that local.bitcoin.com is competing with. Right. Uh, the, the one that's been around forever. That, that shall where be you can unnamed. Buy, buy BTC. Right. Um, and they wanted a photo, that not a, not just a photo of me or my, my identification, but they wanted me to actually record a video where I, like, turn my head to the left and then I spoke three numbers <laughs> oh into the video and they also wanted a screenshot of my Bitcoin wallet not on their site because they have, again, it's a custodial right. site, so there's a wallet on that other site. But they that? wanted to see my own Bitcoin wallet from off of the site as well. And they're still actually reviewing the submission that I, that I sent to that's them. That's insane. Been three days now. Two, three days. And that's because that other site is in a comp- uh, country that has very strict know your customer laws and they're a custodial site they're holding on to customer funds right so they're going to be subject to a little bit more regulation they've uh, unfortunately wherever they're at they've got it in spades whereas local.bitcoin.com does not hold customer funds they never touch uh, the customer money until they get a cut of you know their fee at the end as part of their payment for providing this sort of platform it's a, a much better way to do business. It's smart. And it's smart. Uh, and maybe we'll see this in other cryptos too, but local.bitcoin.com has definitely led the way in this. Hey, uh, before you go on, I do want to say, because I said I was going to look it up. Um, yes. Nobody, you had me kind of questioning what my you know, my, my trivia that I had stored uh, up there somewhere in my mind. 
Uh, Inspector Gadget, according to Wikipedia, Don Adams was the voice of Inspector hmm. Gadget in the original series, which aired from 1983 through 1986, so about a three, four-year run. Uh, he was that voice. Now, there's apparently been a newer series in the, the aughts. He died in 2005, so obviously he's not currently the voice of Inspector Gadget, but the the original one, the ones that you know the kids in the 80s grew up with, he was. Wow. Well, yeah. that that would be somebody other than me. Now, uh, my son, you know, uh, I watched him. He liked uh, Inspector Gadget, and he was into it. And We're going to go to the phones where we've got Kirby in Indianapolis. Kirby, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Hi, Kirby. Good I was actually just calling to see if you guys were familiar with a gentleman who goes by the handle of Bow of the fifth column. I am. Hmm. Uh, I've watched a few of his videos. He's uh, pretty good. Uh, I agree with him on, well, on pretty much every video I've watched. Uh, Bo of the fifth column. I'm not sure if he's on YouTube. He's he. Um, oh, he is. Okay, good. Uh, his stuff's uh, all over my Facebook feed. People buy and share his stuff. I guess he's uh, a journalist. Um, and he basically is doing at least a daily sort of uh, video blog on a different topic every day. Um, but looks he, like he's got 159,000 or 158,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, Kirby, why do you ask about this guy? Uh, actually, I've been meaning to ask you guys about him, but just because he is so enlightened, and actually last night he. Uh, did a video on Ross Albrecht. Really? And uh, he's the only person outside of your show where I've ever heard his name mentioned. Interesting. Yeah, I see it. The video here is called Let's Talk About Hashtag Thank a Criminal Day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, thank you, criminals. Right, hashtag free Ross. Uh, And he's got a free Ross hat that he's uh, wearing in the the video. That's cool. Yep. I think and, and a I criminal day. That sounds like t- something TJ would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, but I also wanted to uh, turn you guys on to a video I found Sunday. Uh, I know I can't say this last word on the radio, mm. but it is called Gang Feces. We'll go there. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. It is made by a young fella out of uh, uh, Hell's Kitchen in New York, and it sums up America especially the America we live in right now, in four minutes. And I would suggest you watch it and and let me know what you think, because this young fella just told the truth about everything in this country. Uh, Hey, uh, you all right? You okay? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm actually at work. I work in a truck yard, so I'll let somebody <laughs> right, well, in. We'll let you get, get we'll, back to we'll it. We'll let man. you get back to it. Thanks, but, uh, Steve, bro. Yeah, this guy sums up everything. In and it's four called minutes. it's called gang, and, it, and then the S word, and it's another YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and his name is uh, Marlon Craft. All right. Hey, thanks uh, for the recommendations. We'll, we'll find. Yeah, uh, and I'm gonna call you back in a couple days to see what you thought about it because uh, it's powerful. All right. we, all, we always have different hosts on, but if you call back next Thursday night, you'll probably get the uh, same gang. There you go. But thanks, thanks for the call, Kirby. I appreciate it. Um, 
You like this bow guy? I mean, the fifth column, if he's in favor of free Ross, uh, I mean, obviously that's a good thing. I haven't watched it, and I don't sit there and spend so much time that I can watch anything on a daily basis. Every time when I popped up one of Bo's videos, it's been pretty straightforward and pretty much nailed the uh, salient points as I would. I mean, if he's if he's in favor of free Ross, there's a good chance he's a libertarian, right? I think he mm-hmm. is. I think he is absolutely a libertarian or definitely a liberty-minded guy. Um, but again, I haven't watched everything sure. he's done. But the and he's 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 pretty entertaining and comes across pretty well. And he's he's a Southern guy, mm-hmm. um, so I, I think a lot of people um, will. I hate to say this. A lot of people will stereotype anybody with the name of Bo who's got a <laughs> southern an accent. accent and uh, always wears a baseball hat. And, you know, <laughs> um, But he's a sharp guy. Um, I, yeah, I cool. really thought. We were talking about this story out of Mexico where a, a court uh, ruled in favor of two people who had petitioned their government to be able to recreationally use cocaine in the court ruled in favor of them i just wanted to talk but it needs to be reviewed by another court yeah and it's go uh for a little bit more but i do want to read some stuff from the people who brought the the case or supporting these people uh quote this case represents another step in the fight to construct alternative drug policies that allow mexico to redirect security efforts and better address public health unquote Mexico United uh, Against Crime said in a statement, quote, we have spent years working for a more secure, just and peaceful Mexico. This case is about insisting on the need to stop criminalizing drug users and designing Mm. better public policies that explore all the available options. The group's director, Lisa Sanchez, said Mexico has been moving slowly away from its strict prohibitionist drug policies in recent years. The Supreme Court has authorized recreational marijuana use in individual cases, including one brought by the Hollywood actor Diego Luna. The leftist president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, it's a mouthful. has repeatedly said that the country should evaluate decriminalizing drugs. His party, That's Morena, unusual for a sitting president to actually take that position because his predecessor, you remember Vincente Fox? Right. He didn't come out against the war on drugs until after... He was out of office. Of course. Maybe the current guy isn't making a lot of money off the war on drugs. That would be a refreshing change for Mexico. That'll do it. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. That's the number to call. If you want to get on the radio, if you want to control this show, you bring up the topic and we'll talk about it. But first, I do want to tell you about a way that you can bring a little bit more money into your small business. How do you do that? Accept cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash. Offer people the choice to not use the old antiquated money, the old systems like credit cards. Do you operate a retail business or looking for solutions for point-of-sale cryptocurrency acceptance? 
It's never been easier thanks to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. There's no paperwork or approval process to open an account. If you already have a tablet at your cash register, you're almost done. Just visit HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com and follow the simple steps. Within moments, you'll be accepting cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, and more at your store. Get started now with HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. That's HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. Another product, I can't say enough good things about it. It just works. We have been, uh, we had a caller, uh, and in studio, it's myself, Chris. Hey, I'm Ian. And I'm nobody. We had a caller who brought up Bo of the Fifth Column. Uh, fifth Column is a reference to the press, I believe. No, no. Well, maybe it is. I'm going to have to dig into that. I did look I it up. I thought the Fourth Column was the press. Fourth Column is the press. The Fifth Column. Uh, I think that's the Fourth Estate. The, fourth Estate. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, the, the Fifth Column is, a, uh, is generally refers to the clandestine part of an invasion. Yep, uh, according to Wikipedia, any, any group of Itch. people who undermine a larger group from within. If you would like to sponsor nobody to go on Jeopardy, call 855-450-FREE. <laughs> That's 855-450-3733. Have you ever thought about going on Jeopardy? You seem to be a font of sometimes useful information and sometimes trivia. Well, I'm, uh, I've I've been thinking more about how to get into the debates. And that's a good point. The federal presidential debates? Any any debate. <laughs> oh, okay. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Even just on a street corner. Debate. You can always debate yourself. You could yeah. debate any issue from both sides. I, I think. could. I'm Probably. a master debater. You are. That's what I've heard. Um, we were talking to a gentleman called in, and he was talking about Bo of the Fifth Column. He's a YouTuber. Um, and you know, I was just watching a little bit of uh, his recent Free Ross video here. Only got a couple minutes in there during the break, but uh, I liked what I was hearing. He was talking about the uh, Thank a Criminal Day, which is apparently today, August 22nd, and making the point, and very uh, strong point, that the reason why we have the freedoms we have is because people were willing to break laws. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we sit here and you know George Washington, the father of our country, the the most honest man. He could not tell a lie. He was wanted by the government. The government was actively trying to kill him. I just read a, a book that was about the attempts on on Washington's life before mm-hmm. the actual invasion of the United States by uh, the British. Um, but they were there was a very hard hard effort to kill him before any of this happened in yeah. and that's of course washington was also author of his own press releases like uh like all victors but <laughs> <laughs> well true um but it, it's interesting that you don't think of you know uh washington was accused of felonies uh thomas jefferson uh was charged with high treason Mm-hmm. That's what these guys did, and but yeah. are they? Samuel heroes Adams too? was a smuggler to begin with, right? He was actually a terrible brewer. <laughs> I would argue that he still is. Oh, I'm too close to Boston to bash uh, Sam Adams beer. He has nothing to do with it, unless he's still around. I'm not sure about that. Um, uh, he has to be a vampire. In that case, he may be. Um, judging, I'm not going to even go into the beer. 
Um, but the point, <laughs> the point that you really he, don't like Sam Adams, huh? I'm just not a fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but the point is, is a lot of these people that you do worship. Um, in, I don't worship the, these people. Who? I don't either. Uh, I will say show respect for or appreciate the efforts. Uh, you know, um, sure of they appreciate them. Sure, their their point in history and what they affected change by being a criminal. And maybe you got to push the boundaries, right? Right. That should give us pause when we are quick to come down on somebody like Ross Ulbricht. Oh, my God. He ran the Silk Road. A website. A website. Um, He wrote it. When the law is unjust, the just man becomes a criminal. Yes. And that's very true. So uh, all I would say is uh, sometimes we got to pause. You know, we. You can jump to the conclusion that the politicians are feeding you, um, but realize that the politicians may have a different point of view and a different set of goals than uh, you would. And uh, think for yourself. That's the best thing I can say. Do you, uh, I know we were talking about Mexico. Were you finished there? Should we get into Utah and the latest on their medical situation? Medical yeah, cannabis? We, we covered uh, in Mexico two people were found uh, by a court uh, to they made the case that they needed they should be allowed to legally use cocaine recreationally. Now, this was only a, a suit involving these two people. It'll go to a higher court who will determine whether that ruling will stand. That may set some sort of precedence down there. Uh, but there has been at least some, there are certainly efforts within the country of Mexico to work on decriminalization and try to end some of the, the violence that has plagued that country. Uh, so Utah, we don't hear a lot of drug stories that come out of Utah. No, but I know that they were looking at a medical program for cannabis recently. I think it was the recent election uh, where there was a ballot, so 2018 ballot measure uh, in Utah about that. I don't recall exactly. I think it did pass um, because they are moving ahead with state-run medical cannabis. According to Fox 13 out of Salt Lake City at fox13now.com, Lawmakers are, however, abandoning their plans for a state-run medical cannabis dispensary network, which is actually Hmm. really good news because you don't want the government running the weed distribution channels. You don't want them growing. You don't want them selling. They're going to screw it up. Yeah, I mean, these are the idiots who didn't understand weed in the first place. (laughs) Right. You know, who... They've been at war with us. Now we're going to put them in charge? Well, unfortunately, crazy they'll talk. still be in charge. It's just they won't be the ones who are handling the you know, the plants, uh, which is still not the best situation. Mm-hmm. The best situation is for them to step away and have no regulations whatsoever, no taxes, mm-hmm. no regulations, uh, but to at least get regulate it out of Regulate weed hands. like onions. And that is to say, don't regulate it. Right. Uh, but in, but you know, at the very least, this move in Utah gets the government's hands directly off of the product, because uh, that way, at the very least, you know they're not going to screw up uh, the growing process. They're not going to botch an entire you know uh, season's worth of weed with some terrible bureaucratic error or rigmarole or whatever. And yeah, at the very least, you'll have private companies involved. I can get into more, but yeah, I'm I'm interested. I'm, I just have a lot of questions. Sure. I mean, so this involves the distribution of marijuana, of medical marijuana, and correct. Yeah. So instead of having the government 
running the distributions network, right. okay. that it will be then handed to private dispensaries. Uh, and so they were going to have some private dispensaries, but they were also going to have government dispensaries. And so now they're going to increase the number of private dispensaries from 7 to 12 that will be scattered across the state rather than having seven and then another five run by the government, apparently. Gotcha. I wonder who, uh, where the, who's providing the marijuana to the dispensaries. I, I'm sure they have some. Um, Usually you know, they have they have growers. Approved growers. Right. That licensed to, growers. Who had to fill out all sorts of forms and pay all sorts of fees. But one of the things that we saw happen in Canada, and it's been a while since I you know checked in on what's going on with the Canadian legalization story, which I think that started almost a year ago. I think it was like... October, November of, of 2018. Uh, but what we saw happen there was there were some Canadian provinces that were handling distribution through government distribution. Right. And then some were allowing private companies to handle distribution. And what do you know? The government dis- distribution uh, locations didn't order enough cannabis to supply the demand. They got their uh, system for online ordering was backed up and broken. And it was just an absolute nightmare for the people who were trying to legally buy cannabis in those areas because the government was in charge completely. Milton Friedman said if you put the government in charge of the Sahara Desert in five years, they'd have a shortage of sand. <laughs> and that's gonna what's going to happen. It's happened uh, in the United States, too. Oregon has uh, suffered from... Either complete gluts of marijuana because too many growers. She's such a beautiful little puppy. I mean, we walk around the block and neighbors always say, her hair is so beautiful. Healthy and shiny and glossy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Fatty acids, omega-3s and omega-6s are great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. I would really recommend people starting their puppies on Dynavite before they get into what I would call the misery index. Bad skin, bad ears, bad breath. Because if they're getting all their vitamins, micronutrients, microbials from the beginning, then you're not going to run into the problems associated with the allergies. Grass, pollen, dust, dirt, fleas, ticks, you name it, and the itching and shedding down the road. Our vitamins and enzymes replace the nutrients cooked out of most commercial dog foods. Dynavite for life. This is Ed Lukasevic. And Cindy Lukasevic. Inviting you and your pets to Dynavite. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Hour number three. Three hours we do this every night. We open up our phone lines so you can call in and talk about what you like. You don't have to talk about what we like. Call in with what's on your mind, and we'll give you a fair shake. 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. In studio, it's myself, Chris. And Ian. And nobody. And we have been talking about the war on drugs uh, in various contexts in Mexico. They have uh, a court case that's moving through the courts. It's subject to approval from a higher court that will decriminalize recreational use of cocaine for two individuals. You may say, well, that's pretty silly. It should be everybody. Well, all these things have to start somewhere. And uh, activists, court cases only cover the plaintiffs, right? And, uh, and precedent is incidental. 
Correct. And I don't know if the Mexican courts, as you pointed out, um, follow precedent the way we do. Um, precedent pretty much mm-hmm. uh, rules our system. And it's interesting. There are some pre-court cases that are going to challenge that idea of precedence in the United States. And I'll be watching those carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, they're watching the they're challenging uh, the idea of precedent. They're saying is, uh, do we put so much faith in precedence? You know, looking back at past Supreme Court cases like, you know, Kiramatsu versus U.S., where, you know, it's OK, according to the Supreme Court, that you uh, lock people up based mm-hmm. on what country or what nationality they are. Yeah. Uh, we could look at precedence and we could say it's OK to sterilize certain people that we don't think should ever breed uh that was uh, well not really because the uh well i no. mean those those precedents don't don't exist in why don't in, they uh modern america because they've been overturned well uh, due to political change over time uh the bell case which dealt with sterilization has never been overturned i'm not sure that kiramatsu has ever been overturned well you try starting a sterilization program see what happens to you. <laughs> i understand it's not gonna that. go well for you but we're talking about today wait forced hmm. sterilization or just forced, voluntary forced sterilization okay, by the yeah. state of virginia uh mm-hmm. versus a uh, mentally retarded woman who was under state care, and they ruled, the Supreme Court ruled, and it's never been overturned, saying mm. that, yes, the state has a interest in making sure that she does not breed. Well, now, if the, state of, if the uh, state of Virginia picks up that peculiar hobby again, I'm sure they'll find out very quickly that it, it will be overruled. This is why I don't like yeah. the idea of putting a lot of faith in precedents. I think every well, right, issue legal should opinions always... change. Exactly. Yeah. And society changes. And there are a whole lot of things that are being done right now in Washington that I'll say half the country, at least the Democrats, they hate everything that Donald Trump does. And if uh, Donald Trump gets taken to court and there happens to be some precedents, they will be the first ones to say, well, that shouldn't, we shouldn't be taking that so seriously. And uh, mm, to right. me, it seems like lazy mm. lawyering. All I got to well, do is enough there's... research until I find something that establishes precedence uh, for what I believe. What, what you're talking about is a concept called sterdisis. Okay. Okay. And I don't, I don't know the literal, tra- literal translation of that, but it's the idea that the Supreme Court should not randomly reverse itself on a regular basis now the reason for that is because that's where you get stability that's where you get the idea that you know if the supreme court ruled that glick has a right to to uh record the police and the supreme court is has ruled that uh that uh, somebody else has the right to record the police, and the Supreme Court will probably also find that I have a right to to record the police. So that so, that explains why Dred Scott, uh, that case was so influential, because it gave at least some quarters uh, in the slave-owning states the something to rely on that said, well, you know, Supreme Court, you shouldn't go back and reverse yourself too often, and you already kind of... Re- you already sort of mm-hmm. said slavery was okay, so don't go change it. Right. But then again, it's also the thing that makes it possible to operate a uh, 
an abortion clinic in a in a state where the abortion laws are still on the books as possible to do that because you know that the precedent is that abortion is uh, considered legal in the United States and the Supreme Court isn't going to randomly change that tomorrow without an intervening act of Congress. So, But then again, there are some things, obviously, that are just horrible decisions that should be overturned. Uh, Wickard v. Philburn. Right. Um, so you're picking and choosing which ones you're okay with. President with overturning? Not. Well, of course. Right. Of, of, of course. You know, I, I don't want to change the things that I agree with. I want to change the things that I disagree well, of with. Of course. That's true of but everybody. But when the Supreme Court comes back and says, you know, you know, uh, the fact that the guy's selling wheat in Montana, he's affecting commerce in every other state of wheat. Therefore, that needs to stand. There's precedent. Uh, I think it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting should the Supreme Court take up these cases that are going to challenge the role of precedence in it just like i said to well, me they and may i'm change not some some precedents but they're not going to change the role of precedent in the system because it's integral to how the system works you can't yeah that's true that would be like changing the it's entire essential. western court system uh, the the term that you mentioned uh nobody i'd only heard previously it was actually state rep dick marple Interesting. used the term he pronounced it and i did look it up it's stare decisis it's stare decisis uh latin and in latin it means let the decision stand in the United States and England, the common law has traditionally adhered to the precedence of earlier cases as source of law. The principle, known as stare decisis, distinguishes the common law from civil law systems, which give great weight to codes of laws and the opinions of scholars explaining them. Under stare decisis, once a court has answered a question, the same question in other cases must elicit the same response from the same court or lower courts in that jurisdiction which, of course, would mean that a higher court is the only thing that can overturn it and set new precedent. Yeah, um, so I, I guess, and the articles I've been reading uh, have pointed uh, to the newly much more conservative Supreme Court saying that they are going to challenge certain aspects of that, and I'm not in a position to, to discuss it, meaning I don't know what the Well, they can't the challenge anything are. unless a case is brought in front of them. Right. Apparently they have a few cases that would stand up, you know, can be can be a uh, um, springboard for jumping into that question. So it'll be interesting to see what's going on. Like I said, to me, I think a court should look at every case fresh. Um, and you can certainly look mm-hmm. at things, but if, if your just default move is to rely on previous on, on precedence, that seems kind of lazy to me, but that's just me. Well, I mean, to me, it's it's uh, let's let's take an advice from my uh, from my personal life. Uh, I happen to be a felon, um, and there was a case in New Hampshire, a peculiar case where a guy was arrested for being a felon in possession of a of a fire of a uh, deadly weapon, right? Uh, because he had a bow and arrow. And he was out on his property, ironically enough, shooting at porcupines with it. And uh, and so he was arrested for being a felon in possession of a deadly. And the court ruled that uh, because he was not using it in a way that could cause deadly harm to a man, it was not a uh, deadly weapon in, in that context. What, steri- or what stare decisis gives me is the expectation 
that if I get arrested with a machete in my trunk, that the same thing will happen because the because the legal situations are are analogous. The law has not changed, so I should expect the same thing from the from the court. And you and, did get arrested with a machete in your trunk. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we shall see whether whether they decide to overcome the precedent in that case. I hope they <laughs> shall not. Eight fifty five four fifty free. It's uh, an interesting concept, but we have a lot of a long history of the Supreme Court doing really stupid things. Maybe they should take a look at some of these old cases. Eight fifty five four fifty three. This is. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. That's free as in freedom, free as in Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. In studio, it's Chris, Ian, and nobody. And we've been talking just a little bit about the Supreme Court and this idea of stare decisis. And I was educated. Thank you, nobody. Thank you, Ian, because I really didn't know much about it. Um but it it has to do with precedence and in stare decisis for those just tuning in is the latin uh, of course uh, the concept that once a decision is made by a court that same decision needs to continue to be made by that same court or lower courts until uh the higher court overturns said decision so this is a quick little read, and I like this about Christian Science Monitor, csmonitor.com. Uh, you can click on, just give me give me an overview of it. And the title is, Overruled is the Precedent in Danger at the Supreme Court. Why we wrote this, honoring legal precedent or stare decisis, has been in place for hundreds of years. The question of how high the bar should be set for overturning is one open to debate, a debate that has been going on this term between conservative and liberal judges. As the United States Supreme Court nears the end of its first term with reliable conservative five court, uh, excuse me, five justice majority, a debate over when to overturn precedent has surged back to prominence. Two long-standing precedents have been overturned in 5-4 decisions split along ideological lines in a climate where the fate of higher-profile precedents like Roe v. Wade are uncertain. The justices have been writing at length about how they think the court's approach to handling precedents should change. Stare decisis, a doctrine dating back to English common law, the court should follow the precedents set by previous cases, is not a, quote, universal and inexorable command, unquote, Justice Louise Brandis, uh, Louis Brandis wrote in 1932, but it is, quote, usually a wise policy because in most matters it is more important than the applicable rule of law be settled than it is settled, that it, it's more important that it be settled uh, right uh, since the Supreme Court justices— No, you didn't read that, what no, it said I there correctly. not. But it, quote, is usually the wise policy because in most matters it is more important that the applicable rule of law be settled than that it is that it be settled right. That's very confusing unquote. to me. I, I understood what it said, 
Um, they're saying it's more important that the rule of law be settled than it be settled right. That's exactly what he said. Well, I'm still not sure what that really means. That may have been... Well, they're there's saying that it's more important to have it settled as an unchanging than to have uh, the proper answer. I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. That's a terrible thing to say. Uh, um, well... In some cases, I agree with it, and in some cases, I I disagree with it. I don't think the, uh, I think, and a lot of it depends on whether it's on the state side. I don't think the, uh, right. I think the court should think very hard before finding that something that it previously found to be a right was not a right. Um, but at the same time, if if the uh, if the court is reducing the burden on on the citizen, then it's not really harming anybody. It's just oh, I get it. But you're refraining from well, I would consider that right. settling it right. Yeah, yeah, you're being wishful about which course, uh, which cases the court's going to take and how they're going to decide. If they toss out stare decisis uh, on things that they don't like, then they are legislating from the bench. Right. Uh, overturning president is not always a bad thing. If the Supreme Court can't overturn a bad president, the only other option is a constitutional amendment. Right. And but, they are the highest court in the U.S., so they are more, I would say, probably more, ex- it's more accepted when they overturn themselves. It does, you know, it has happened, right? There have right. been a number of times where that has happened. I guess the real question is, can a lower court go against uh, its previous decisions, in which case that may be something that could get a judge in some some hot water, perhaps, sure. uh, or overturned yeah. again. Um, yeah. Right, but well, overturned again. Generally, the- what what happens is you know he'll the lower the lower uh, judge will put in a heterodox uh, ruling, and mm-hmm. of course the the side that's harmed by this will they'll appeal. appeal and they'll say they violated and, stare decisis, and then you know maybe the higher court will will agree with them mm-hmm. that that uh, whatever was going on with wrong was wrong. Maybe not, but stare decisis uh, stare decisis militates on the side of not. I guess one of the things this story hasn't this summary or whatever hasn't made clear is. What exactly are they arguing about? They cited a uh, justice from the 1930s, but the story is saying that the current justices are bringing this issue up and that they're split along ideological lines. So what I'm not clear on, and it may be a real and, you know, minor uh, legal point that we're even talking about here, I don't know. What are the ideological sides here on stare decisis? Well, and I think that's where they encourage you to do the deep read. Uh, overturning president is not always a bad thing. If the Supreme Court can't overturn bad precedent, the only other option is a constitutional amendment. But the high court must balance that with an obligation not to sow too much uncertainty over what the law of the land is. At stake is not just the future of presidents like Roe, uh, court watchers say, but public confidence in the court itself. So well, the idea I'll, being I'll if they change it. their mind, it looks bad. Oh, the court's always changing their mind on stuff. So even if they determine, oh, yeah, slavery, yeah, it's bad. But we've made, we, we reversed this ourselves too recently. Live. 
Yeah, you're too early there. Are you uh, sure? We reversed ourselves too uh, frequently recently, so we're not going to reverse ourselves this time. Even though it's the right thing to do, we're not going to reverse ourselves this time because if we're seen as reversing ourselves more than once every you know, half a century, then people are going to start to think the rule of law is a bunch of opinions of men, which is, of course, exactly what it is, which backed is by weapons. Is. Right. And, um, I, you know, I, I look at it as if you're reversing, let's let, um, I can't remember the full case, but um, Bell and the state of Virginia, I think it was Bell versus- The telephone company? No, this had to do with uh, forced sterilization. Oh, okay. Where the Supreme Court found for the state of Virginia that it was right to, uh, it was allowed to require sterilization of a mentally retarded woman, um, and it hasn't been overturned. Um, I think. Well, of course, if they stop doing it, the decision will never be overturned until the in, unless, unless somebody and else until does the it. government starts trying to do that again. So there's a lot of weird stuff on on the books that would probably be overturned if it was ever revisited. And I think there are a lot of people who would look at you know just for example the Trump presidency and say there is so much weird stuff that we would have never imagined going on uh, or. Uh, conversely, uh, Republicans would have looked at the Obama administration and said, there is so much weird stuff that we would never envision going on that it would not have come up until it does come up. And the power you give to your guys when they're in office will be abused by the next guys when they're in office. We're talking about Supreme Court, and we got some phone calls we are going to go to, but there's plenty of time for you to get on the air. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's free as in freedom, free as in no, there is no such thing as a free lunch. 855-450-3733, that is our toll-free number. That's the number you can call to get on the air. You can also use our Discord lines. And in just a moment, we're going to go to Discord because we've got a caller waiting there. Discord is a very cool app. Use the Discord app, use your high-speed internet connection and your quality microphone, and you will sound very good. It's very good quality. We used to take calls on another internet phone system that shall remain unnamed, but still is pretty popular. But uh, Discord is just, it's been better, and uh, we've really been happy with it. In studio, it's myself, Chris. And Ian. And nobody. And we've been talking about Supreme Court and the idea of precedence. The The current court seems to be in a mood to overrule previous decisions by said Supreme Court. And some of these are 30, 40, 50 years old, but rely on uh, rulings that came in the 1800s. And they want to take a fresh, uh, fresh view 
of uh, these sorts of cases, and we've just been talking it. The, this concept of stare decisis, which I had never heard of. Uh, it's Latin. It is Latin, uh, and you can look it up, uh, but it is the idea that you know courts should first look to what have they done before as they approach cases and precedents uh, in our court system seems to end throughout English common law countries probably holds a lot of weight. And um, how often should courts look at those and should they be reluctant to overturn previous decisions? So basically the, the conservative majority now on the Supreme Court has been overturning some stuff, and yes. so the other justices are mad about that because they're saying that, whoa, you need to not be so overturny because it makes us look uh, indecisive. Is that the idea? Well, that and the idea that the the conservatives on the Supreme Court are taking this opportunity where they have a strong majority, majority meaning five to four, they can rule if they stay together, they can rule every time. Um, they could overturn all sorts of things of major concern would be Roe versus Wade uh, to the mm-hmm. to the conservative wing and the liberal wing. The thing that I would really like to see overturned, though, is Wickard v. Filburn. Which one's that? Uh, Wickard v. Filburn was the one where it was found that a man was uh, engaged in interstate commerce while growing wheat on his own land to feed to his own animals. That's yes. crazy. And uh, never sold that it out of state. Basically, changed the commerce clause from the government can regulate interstate commerce to the government can regulate anything that ever touches or affects interstate commerce. Right, which is not what the Constitution says. The, the argument was that by just by growing wheat, even though he wasn't selling it across state lines, he was affecting interstate commerce and this Mm. is this decision you're exactly right rich this decision has impacted our lives Mm. i think more than any other bad decision yeah and Uh, this decision um was instrumental in a california weed case uh recently where basically the argument was made that the government didn't have the authority to uh to uh regulate marijuana or to outlaw marijuana and they said oh yeah we do because it affects interstate commerce even though it can't legally be sold (laughs) between states oh brilliant um but these are the types of things that come out and it's 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 going to be interesting to watch some of these cases i'm i'm not a big supreme court watcher um Mm. but i try to at least know kind of what's going on and and certainly Trump's appointments have had an impact on the Supreme Court, uh, as every president's, uh, if, if they are in a position where they get to make some nominations and they can talk about the Supreme Court being, you know, it's, it's nonpartisan, it's, it's very independent. No, it's going to be set up how whoever gets the luck of the draw by which judges retire or die uh that's who's gonna set the agenda and that's what's happening now we're gonna go to discord where we've got turd ferguson on the line turd you're on free talk live what's on your mind Uh Uh that's probably our sound card i it hasn't done that in a long time because it's actually a, a brand new device and i 
I was hoping that would not happen with the new device. Well, dang it. Mm. I'm so sorry about Turd, that. Turd, I'm putting you on hold. Yeah. We're going to try to... Uh, we'll see if we can figure that out we'll see if we during can, the break. We'll call the tech support people. Oh, who I'm looking at I'm right here. Now. I just can't do anything during the, <laughs> yeah. during the show. Can't, can't do anything. Can't really reboot everything during the show, so we might not get back to you. Um, but again, precedents, excuse me, presidents do affect precedents. Uh, if they are able to stack a particular court uh, in favor of what they believe in while they're in, and if the justices decide to go along with, um, you know, ideology, um, then it can have implications that can last for hundreds of years. Oh, yeah. If, uh, if Trump were to replace another one or two justices, that would be a really powerful block that would chain, change the world for decades. Right so. now, it's, I believe, a 5-4 majority if you were to consider ideological lines, so conservative versus liberal. Um, and, and this is, you know, this, the Supreme Court has so much power. Originally, it was there to hear occasional disputes. Uh, that all changed with Marbury v. Madison, uh, and the judges, believe it or not, granted the Supreme Court a lot more power and, through precedence, Shocking. Uh, have kept it. Um, and, you know, the idea of judicial review, that they uh, can review anything that the legislative branch does and determine it to be constitutional or unconstitutional, that in itself basically put the Supreme Court... At the top of the heap in your uh, three legs of of the American Constitution and the three branches, major branches of government. So it's uh, they became I, the skyhook. They did, and that's I I think it's it needs a rebalancing. Now, if they came, if they the Supreme Court came out and said, you know what, we don't like that. We think that when we think the states should be able to petition whether laws are constitutional or not and let's say let's uh we'll we'll say that you know if two-thirds of states agree that a particular law is unconstitutional then that would overturn our precedents or they could they could make that a judicial claim through state courts well there, there used to be a tool through which uh states could do that sort of thing it was called the senate because senators were appointed by state legislatures, oh, yeah. and, the, and the senates were Senate was expected to speak for the state for the state government. But then they changed it and made it popular elections. Yeah, Seventeenth Amendment uh, changed it to popular elections, and I think that was actually a blow against federalism. Um, oh, the biggest blow. Uh, so right now, folks, uh, you have the government. Uh, you have the president, and he represents the executive branch of government. You have the House of Representatives that you know we elect them. They are, uh, allegedly represent us. And then you have the Senate, who is elected through uh, very high-stakes, uh, expensive uh, campaigns, so they represent the special interests. And right. there's, that's how American government works now. Except um, they all represent the special interests. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The corporations, it, it, politically connected. When you took that away um, from the states, then the states in a federal, in what's supposed to be uh, uh federalism as a rule that went out the window and hasn't been seen since more centralized power hey yay 
855-450-FREE. We're talking about all kinds of exciting stuff, and maybe you don't want to talk about that. Change the subject. Give us a call. 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. Final segment, Uh, if you call right now, we can still get you on the air. And Ian, we were talking earlier about, refresh my memory, we've been on so many subjects today. Yeah, it was one of the earlier discussions we ended up talking about um, why it is that We felt like, or nobody certainly felt like, that the S word had become more welcome on broadcast television. And this was during the story we were talking about the emergency uh, alerts uh, system was being accidentally played on a couple different shows. And the FCC fined them all about 600,000 total uh, because it played during The Walking Dead. Well, it wasn't Kimmel. an accident during The Walking Dead. Right. They were using it as part of the show, and Jimmy Kimmel used it in a skit, and therefore people must be fine. But yeah, when did uh, the S word get used on TV? Well, you had brought up NYPD Blue, nobody, and according to the story here at uh, Ars Technica, that, nobody did, knows. that did happen. Uh, 2008... The story here says that apparently the FCC did end up throwing the indecency book at ABC television stations, but not for the S-word. They did it over the February 2003 episode where portions of a naked woman's buttocks were shown. And I, you may recall this, this controversy back I when— I saw those buttocks. When, when it happened. <laughs> you uh, said that very Forrest Gump-like. They were lovely buttocks. FCC Commissioner Deborah Taylor at the time said, quote, Our action today should serve as a reminder to all broadcasters that Congress and American families continue to be concerned about protecting children from harmful material and that the FCC will enforce the laws of the land vigilantly. Vigilantly. The commission uh, ruled against the NYPD Blue scene, which broadcast at 9 p.m. in Central and Mountain time zones, in which a pre-adolescent boy accidentally walked in on an older woman undressing in the bathroom. He backs out and apologizes, but not before viewers got a glance at the woman's naked behind. Oh, and there must have been tens of millions of callers and many complaints about... I bet there were there were complaints. I bet there were. I there bet there certain, were a few there, dozen. There's certain activist groups, uh, certain religious based activist groups that, even if they don't see the thing happen, right. they get an email from their group, and the group says, "Oh, this happened on NYPD Blue on Tuesday night at nine o'clock in this time zone, and if you are offended by it, even though you didn't see it, you should send the letter to the FCC, and here's how to do it." The FCC declared the scene indecent because, quote, it depicts sexual organs and execratory organs, which, by the way, uh, butt cheeks are neither of those things. It's true. Uh, Specifically, an adult woman's buttocks, according to the commission's notice of apparent liability. ABC attorneys defended the show, arguing the buttocks do not constitute a sexual organ, (laughs) which is true. Uh, The FCC declared, we reject this argument, which runs counter to both case law and common sense. 
Unbelievable. (laughs) Forget about science. Whoa, we don't need any science Mm. in here about what an actual sex organ is, which is to say an organ with the capability to reproduce. Mm. Well, it's interesting. It's not what's sexy. That's not what a sex organ is. (laughs) Right. And uh, it's insanity. (laughs) I I was thinking back to Nipplegate. Um, Janet Jackson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That was like 05. That was a big deal. That was, I'm just looking this up, uh, the FCC fined CBS a record $550,000, which was fought in the Supreme Court, but the fine was appealed and voided in a case uh, to reinstate the fine. Uh, A case that Attempted to reinstate the fine was refused to be heard in 2012. So. Right, and I wanted to bring that case up, the 2012 case, because I the the story at Ars Technica made me wonder, because this is an old story. It was 2008 from Ars gotcha. Technica. It's more than a decade ago. My thought was, well, you know, were there any further rulings about so-called fleeting expletives, which would be an accidental, you know, in the case, supposedly Janet Jackson wants you to believe that wasn't planned. Um, but in the case of an accidental expletive on the air or fleeting nip slip or whatever, that no big deal, let it slide. According to the Wikipedia article about fleeting expletives, in June of 2012, the Supreme Court rescinded several fines issued by the FCC regarding indecent content, including the Fox case stemming from the 2002 Billboard Music Awards. That's not the same thing as Janet Jackson. Right. The court ruled that the FCC's change in enforcement policy to target fleeting instances of profanity and nudity on television was too vague, thus violating the uh, defendant's right to due process. The court, however, did not address the policies themselves. So while they threw out several fines that were issued over fleeting expletives or brief indecent content, uh, they did not overturn the bad restrictive policies. So now we come back to the question of the S-word on television, on broadcast TV. Uh, So again, back to Ars Technica. The agency, again, rejected NYPD Blue. They fined the ABC television stations that aired it. Lastly, the broadcasting company insisted that it had received only a modest number of complaints for the program, to which the FCC replied the agency received, quote, numerous complaints, including thousands of letters from members of various citizen advocacy groups. The commission may have been referring to the TV indecency busybodies. Oh, I'd forgotten their name. Parents Television Council. These are the people who send out the emails, the PTC known for encouraging its members to complain about shows they haven't even watched. The FCC proposed a $27,500 fine for each of the ABC affiliate stations who broadcast the show, which came to a total of $1.4 million. The agency could have hit the network even harder, as they could have hit them with over or with up to $325,000 per violation. The uh, FCC has shown lenience in the past towards NYPD Blue. In November of 2007, the commission fined Fox uh, in their 2002 and 2003 broadcasts of the Billboard Music Awards when the agency said, or which the agency said violated its new policy regarding fleeting expletives. Cher used the phrase "effem," and Nicole Richie asked her audience if they had, quote, ever tried to get cow s out of a Prada purse. It's not so effing simple. In the same, so that was what That's was overturned. Fairly clear, yeah. That fine was overturned by the Supreme Court wow. in 2012. Uh, wow. But the same decision, the agency let an episode of NYPD Blue off the hook for repeatedly airing the word BS 
because the complainant had filed charges against a broadcast of the program aired after 10 p.m., which is the beginning of television's safe harbor period. And that was what you'd speculated earlier, Chris, was that, well, if the S word appears after 10 p.m., it's probably going to be okay because according to the FCC rules, a program can be indecent between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., but it can never be so-called obscene. So indecency, they may believe, has to do with the S-word, but not obscenity. This should, Mm -hmm. if you are listening to this, this should make it clear to you how dysfunctional our government is. Mm -hmm. Where is the law? There is no law. The the law is we, we tell the FCC to do what they think is best and the fcc counteracts itself it it tells it speaks out of both sides of its mouth it it rules in some cases for and against there's no consistency and it doesn't have any constitutional uh excuse for existing oh there's no authority come on there's no constitutional authority and there's a first amendment that says that congress will pass no law abridging freedom of speech and of the press well that's exactly what the fcc does every day is it says we will choose who may speak and we will choose who may not no 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 you can speak all you want the fcc is only regulating the broadcast uh spectrum you can speak that they don't tell you what you can and can't well, say. Well, sometimes that's how I speak. Mm, indeed. Case in point right now. It's uh, true. It's true. And it's So it's, I would say it's unclear right now based on what I've read here tonight uh that you can say the S word on broadcast television. I don't think that you can get away with it before 10 p.m. After 10 p.m., maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But the whole point but of keep this Keep in mind 10 p.m. Eastern time is 9 p.m. Uh, right. Central. And what if you happen to live somewhere in Indiana that's in one of those maybe I'm Eastern, maybe I'm not. Uh it, it's insane. Then turn and, off your TV if you don't like. Exactly. Right. Like, you that's you got mature, a uh, <laughs> You got a farm to run in the morning, so just go to bed. Um it's insane and this is the same ideas, uh the same organization that come up comes up with laws and ways to regulate what people put in their bodies. It regulates what comes out of people's mouths or what goes, more more importantly, what goes in their ears or in their eyes. That's all the time we've got tonight. The idea that government can just make decisions. Uh, the FCC can be our morality police, and we should thank them. Well, we can't have children seeing somebody's butt crack. My God. No, buttocks. I don't think they saw crack. I don't know. Well, in order to see the buttocks, you got to see the crack, too. Right? Well, it depends There was on- cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> Butt cleavage. <laughs> Butt cleavage. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. This is Free Talk. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. I've always wanted to change the world, so I moved to the Shire to join people who were actually working towards doing the same thing. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here, and I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, connect with others via the forum at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.